Ace. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 158, May 14th, 2019. It was 92 degrees on this day in 2007, meaning you've had Aquaside clear out your beach. The kids were swimming. And uh, in 1953, it was only 29 degrees on this day. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Yesterday I expressed some incredulity that in all of the obituaries for Doris Day, I never saw any mention of her very popular uh, variety show yeah. on TV, John. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Well, that's because she never had she one. She didn't have one. No, that one. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was Dinah Shore. Oh! And that whole time yeah. I'm thinking, boy, these two are really old. I'm just going to keep well, my Well, John, I didn't catch it and you didn't either. <laughs> it was, And the Chevy ads were also See the Dinah USA Shore. and your Chevrolet? That was uh, <laughs> Dinah Shore. That was, that was Dinah Shore. Yep. That wasn't had nothing to do with Doris uh, Day, I, and I have here at least six, seven, eight emails, including one from Bill Stein. Fire up the scan bucket. Uh, here's from uh, Gary Byron. Here's from uh, uh, M A. Uh, the old mayor was a little confused, watching a variety show through, through the haze of cigarette smoke in the fifties, <laughs> and hearing Doris Day see saying, "See the USA in your USA in your Chevrolet was possible," except. Doris Day didn't have a 1950s TV show and never sang Seeing the USA. The mayor confused Doris with Dinah, the late Burt Reynolds' much older lover and big star in her own right. Also, Begay <laughs> is nearly as common a surname in the Navajo Nation as is Smith in the greater USA. Uh-huh. It derives from the Navajo word for his, her son. Hmm. Uh, is it possible the cigarette smoke was so thick you couldn't make out who was on the it TV? It looked like Doris sure. Day to me. See, yeah, see. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Close enough. Right. Garage Logic's own. Oh, just let me pull that chair back closer. Oh. You have a little PT today? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Garage Logic's own uh, geologist, Stacy, uh, reports large rumbler and possible tsunami, mm-hmm. a 7.5 in the New Britain region of Papua New Guinea. 7.5 is a big, big quake, and uh, I did note there are tsunami warnings out in that region of our mother, the Earth. Nowhere to hide. Gang, where can I get recordings of John and Dylan Heights guitar music? I love the pieces Dylan has submitted to the podcast and would love to have full copies. Richard, the band director turned plumber in Moorhead, Minnesota. I agree. Well, John, well. you have to answer that. Uh, they're, uh, right now, the only place they exist is on uh, Dylan's computer. Okay. Not, uh, That's of no help to the plumber in plumber yeah. Moorhead, is it? Not really. Uh, DLG writes, I just wanted to say thank you for still being on the air, so to speak. I haven't listened to AM 1500 since the release of Joe and Pat and the format change. For some odd reason, I decided to try to find Garage Logic the other day. I went to the AM 1500 website, and to my wonder, nothing looks the same. I am a veteran in Hot Springs, South Dakota, uh, at the VA Medical Center here, and wanted a little piece of home, and thank goodness for the Google. I found you. 
Uh, thanks for keeping the crew together. And I just finished the podcast with Patrick. Wonderful memories. I was a listener since 1994 and understand the market has changed. I used to listen all day and into the evening. Occasionally would even listen to Tommy Mischke and, uh, the, and Don Vogel. So thank you so much for still being around. It makes a difference in my life and in my PTSD treatment. Oh, well, cool. good luck, Very sir. Fantastic. Good luck. Thanks, Thanks for your good service. Luck. Thank you. Yes, good absolutely. luck. Downing. You guys said you guys reported that uh, frequent contributor Downing was uh, live on the scene at uh, Grundhoffer's. Mm-hmm. Downing. Yeah, yeah, David Downing. He never, I, never ta- I never saw him. Oh, we all talked to him. I he, talked was to he like him? snubbed yeah. you? I don't know him. I didn't talk I to chatted him. With him. No, he did. He snubbed me. Yeah, he did. He prob- no, he probably was talking to us while you were still in route. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Yeah, he was really chatty before you got there. Boy, I got a lot of, <laughs> I got a lot of grief from people. You know, about the question that. about that, Joe, that occurred to me is you were at Grundhofer's not two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's all. That's all I had yeah, to say. Yeah, it wasn't a new destination. <laughs> I, usually, I look something up on the map once, and then once yeah, I've been can, there, I never have to look at the map again. Yeah, you can make it there then. I, you know, even follow like, oh, turn at the tree, turn at the I white ex- building. I can explain. Uh, the day I went up there was a Saturday. Mm. I had a lot of time. I wasn't in any hurry. So I went up Highway 61 oh, all the way. That's a legitimate reason. Right. Uh, on the occasion of getting there for the live podcast, I had a lot of work to do here, so I was running a you know I was running a tight clock. Sure, and I thought I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up 35E, right, and I'll cut over. There you go. And right. I even called my sister who lives in Hugo and said, "Where do I cut over?" And she told me, and I I apparently ignored her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I you thought took a stop before uh, the I got before. past 96, <laughs> and I'm going north, and I'm I got the feeling in my head that. Damn it! I'm damn near to Hinkley. I got to turn here, <laughs> and, and, and figured that any anywhere I took a right, you couldn't wait. Yeah, right, I, bad waiter. Couldn't wait for the exit. And I can even hop to your defense because you think I can take any right, and if and I'm going to be going east, and I'm going to hit sixty. And I got to hit sixty one. Yeah. Except uh, where I got off <laughs> funneled cursed. me south all the way back she to ninety six. Oh. So then I thought I better stick to what I know. Uh, so I went up to 61 and got there Please that way. tell me the part where you talked to a jogger and pulled somebody over in a truck. Please tell me Man. you made that up for benefit of did. the show. Yeah. I did not make it up. You actually you, you pulled over a jogger? No, she was jogging, and I slowed down to go along with her. And oh. I said, if I stay on this road, am I going to get to Hugo? And she's the one who said, I'm new around here. And I'm armed. Right. And this is my pepper spray. (laughs) (laughs) Then I went a little while longer, and another gal uh, uh, took a turn to come facing me in her pickup truck, and I stuck my arm out the window and waved her down. And I said, if I stay on this road, am I going to get to Hugo? And she said, Hugo is that way. And she pointed completely the opposite direction. And I said, well... Where in the hell does this go? <laughs> but he said, if you stay on this, you'll hit high, you'll hit Highway 96. I said, thank you. From there, I can take it. Well, and <laughs> you know, one of the most underrated things about you is you're the master of the unexpected funny one-liner. Because yeah. when you called me and said, I think I'm at a point where I know where I am. <laughs> it so defines is, you. Is yeah. that on the map or mentally or I think I meant financially? Metaphysically. Or, or when we had the guy come I in I finally here. know where I am. Where, where, when Steve came in from BTS Auctions and he, you said, Steve, come on in here. I want to get your name. I was playing golf with a guy last year, a friend of my brother's, and he 
apparently lost his golf ball at number five, and he's wandering around looking for it. And I said, are you lost? Because that's what you say in, in golf. Yeah. Are you lost, yeah. meaning is your ball lost? And he said, let me think about it for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, frequent contributor Downing writes, on Monday you talked about the Harvard big shots who lost their jobs because of the self-righteous mob. Someone asked, why didn't the other adults at the school come to their defense? And the response was that they were afraid they would then become targets. It reminds me of the words of Martin Niemöller. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I am not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak. Mm. Let's Let's revisit Harvard. The story Downing's referring to is the uh, dismissal of two Harvard law professors, uh, both of whom are African-American. And the uh, the hectoring mob of, of uninformed, stupid students at Harvard uh, did not like the fact and did not approve of the fact that these attorneys uh, signed on to, as part of uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein's, is it Stein, Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, Steen? his defense team. Weinstein. And so today, Alan Dershowitz wrote a piece, an opinion piece about that, saying, oh. that, saying that McCarthyism has come to Harvard, and he's not, he's not exaggerating. Uh, and he, he has broken down. See, these kids said they, they felt unsafe because these attorneys were on their campus. Uh, Harvard uh, professor Alan Dershowitz represented 15 accused murderers while on the law school faculty at Harvard. Most notorious among them were O.J. and Klaus von Bülow. All of these defendants were accused of a crime far worse than Harvey Weinstein's. Thirteen of the 15 defendants were acquitted, including O.J., who most people believe was guilty of double murder. Yet no students during that era said they felt unsafe by Professor Dershowitz's presence on campus. Here is how Dershowitz responded in an editorial to the firing of Dean Sullivan. Feeling unsafe is the new mantra for the new McCarthyism. Any student who feels unsafe in the presence of two distinguished lawyers doesn't belong at a university. They should leave and not force the firing of the professor. The unsafe argument could be made against a dean who is gay, black, Muslim, Jewish, Republican, or libertarian. No credence should be given the argument, especially since the students apparently did not feel unsafe when Sullivan was representing a convicted double murderer, former New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez. Oh, interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. It's alarming. It's alarming. But Dershowitz has figured it out, and he's cut to the chase. You don't belong in school, which is pushing back. Now, you're not going to get rid of them. They'll, they'll end right. up triumphing in, in being in school. But what credence can be given to the argument that you feel unsafe? Unsafe how? Right. There's too many variables. There's unsafe no... when? Right. I think it's just a buzz phrase. They, they trot out. Yeah. And it's they the use... mantra for the new McCarthyism. Exactly. Yeah. It's a totally phony argument that's not deserving of any serious consideration. Right there. Dershowitz writes, Any student who feels unsafe in the presence of two distinguished lawyers does not belong at a university. They should leave. The unsafe argument could be made against a dean who is gay, black, Muslim, Jewish, Republican, or libertarian. Note he didn't say Democrat. No credence, no credence should be given to the argument, especially since the students apparently did not feel unsafe when Sullivan was representing... uh, 
Aaron Hernandez. A second argument is that Sullivan has been absent too often because of his defense of Weinstein. That, too, is phony. If Sullivan was prosecuting instead of defending Weinstein, these same hypocritical students would applaud him, Mm -hmm. right? Harvard should be ashamed of itself for giving in to irrational, bigoted, unprincipled, and dangerous arguments instead of using Sullivan's representation of Weinstein as an educate. I'm trying to remember what Bill... Bill Stein said it's pronounced Stein, right? E-I-N is Stein. Stein. Uh, uh, let me start over. Harvard should be ashamed of itself for giving into irrational, bigoted, unprincipled, and dangerous arguments instead of using Sullivan's representation of Weinstein as an educational moment to teach students both the benefit of the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution as well as tolerance for differing views. Tragically, this decision is a symptom. First, it shows a complete lack of leadership by those in charge— the failed academy, Mm -hmm. and willingness to pander to students no matter how irrational their arguments, the failed academy. It also reflects an unwillingness to accept the presumption of innocence. One colleague of mine put it well when he said that some people regard rape so heinous heinous a crime that even innocence should not be accepted as a defense. The presumption of innocence is real and important. It cannot be invoked selectively only for certain crimes. If you reject it for one, you reject it for all. And this is where he says, feeling unsafe is simply the new mantra for the new McCarthyism. It is a totally phony argument, not deserving of any serious consideration. And this is the part I like. Any student who feels unsafe in the presence of two distinguished lawyers does not belong at a university. And now Dershowitz really gets warmed up. Third, the decision reflects a lack of appreciation for due process, indeed any process, when it comes to certain alleged crimes. We cannot know whether a person is guilty or innocent without a fair process. I know because I was accused of a sex crime but was able to prove my total innocence. Disproving guilt requires zealous representation by lawyers like Ron Sullivan. I, too, have consulted with Harvey Weinstein's defense team and have been criticized for doing so. I will continue to consult with and represent accused criminals as well as victims of all crimes. Finally, the decision reflects a sense that the truth, with a capital T, is knowable simply based on identity politics. That is, who is the accuser and who is the accused? Men and women both tell the truth and lie. There is no gender-linked gene for truth-telling. Oh, wow. That's a brilliant piece of writing. So what is Harvard's reaction? Uh, they're not going to turn their decision upside down, right? Now it's the time for Harvard itself to be subjected to a process of review and academic oversight by an institution such as the Association of University Professors that should review Harvard's decision and determine whether it violated the academic freedom and due process not only of Ron Sullivan and his wife, Stephanie Robinson, but of the students who are being denied the leadership and mentoring of these fine deans. Were Harvard a public university this benighted decision would be subjected to a constitutional challenge. It still may be subject to challenge under Massachusetts law. In any event, it is subject to challenge in the court of public opinion by students, faculty, administrators, and alumni who disagree with Harvard's decision. The firing of Dean Sullivan may be the most severe violation of academic freedom I have witnessed in my 55 years at Harvard. It cannot be allowed to stand. But here, we've talked about this on the show before. What does the mystery erase? Or what does the mystery fundamentally change? Uh, truth. 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 Yeah. The mystery fundally, fundamentally changes truth. 
Before you move on, give me the name and the article so I can link it to the the, the GL page. Well, it's I know- Alan Dershowitz' piece, that an opinion piece he wrote for Fox News. Thank you. Dershowitz, D-E-R-S-H-O-W-I-T-Z, A-L-A-N, Alan Dershowitz. Got it. The truth, according to the mystery, can be knowable simply based on who you are. <laughs> Just the motto That's of Harvard. That's Harvard's motto. In English is truth. Is it really? I just yes. looked it up. Was it Veritas or what? Yeah, Veritas. Uh, they got a nice endowment, thirty-eight point three billion. But they're worthless. It's worthless. It's worthless. Well, and, you want I'm not hiring any attorney that would come out of the Harvard uh, Law School if they were among the people who demanded the firing of Sullivan. Right. It's <laughs> it's it's worthless. These academies are becoming worthless. And what I can't understand is why they they caved to these students. Are, are they afraid they're going to transfer? What was what was their fear? Because even in the administration, apparently, you have Mysterians who are embracing the idea that truth is knowable simply because of who you are. And in this case, they have chosen the women who have accused Weinstein instead of letting the due process take out. Mm-hmm. Ain't that a fine? How do you do? Oof, how do That's, you do? Uh, it's alarming. You know what makes me want to do? What? Take a trip on a... Well, that too. It, it makes me want to take a trip on an eco bike. I call them eco bikes. To calm everything down. But I'm thinking of EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. I'm talking about electric assist bikes, Bintelli e-bikes. Rook, you rode one at Grunhofer's. EcoFun right downtown Forest Lake. They specialize in affordable scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, electric bikes, youth snowmobiles, and ATVs. Full line of Yamaha motorcycles. They sell generators, batteries, whatever you need. But electric bicycles are a big seller, and they're growing in popularity. Five assist levels. You put it on number one, you're doing about 80% of the work. You put it all the way up to five, you're wailing along there free as a wind. It was it was, it was was such ease. And it, I was afraid of falling on the big-wheeled bike, so you have to be a pro if you're going to get the big-wheeled bike. Right. But the normal-sized bike You mean fat tire bike. Fat yeah. tire bike, yeah. 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 Uh, well, go see them for yourself. I really I really urge you to go to uh, EcoFun. There's no store in Minnesota where you're going to walk in and see the on-floor display of electric bikes that compares to what you will see at EcoFun. Right downtown Forest Lake, they're practically on the lake. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Okay, full disclosure time here, GLers. It's Kenny here, and I want to talk about my buddies at DKMags.com. And uh, the disclosure is it was a CI girl, actually, that alerted me to DKMags.com a few years ago. Uh, She works here, and she was uh, shopping around for her very first firearm. She checked out the places I advised. And uh, it turns out she found DK Mags, and it was the only place she went to that didn't give her attitude and treat her like uh, less of a human because she was a female and you know what? It just so happens that's what I had been searching for for a long, long time in this town, a firearm shop that treats everyone who walks in the door with respect. Uh, that means if your son or daughter wants to get involved in the sport, maybe clay pigeons, whatever, but you haven't a clue, fine. Get a hold of DKMags.com. They're going to be happy to help you out. If you've been firing firearms for the last 60 years and you know everything there is to know, DK Mags is the place for you. It's the only gun shop in town that I shop at. Log on, stop into it, you'll see why. DKMags.com.
You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Sujure. You know, the truth being in, fa- in play now, it shouldn't be. The truth is the truth. It can't be just bounced around for various causes. But are we seeing a little bit of that in the continuing refusal of the Minneapolis Park Boards to erase the name Calhoun from the, from the lake and the roads around it now? Despite the court ruling from the Court of Appeals that reversed the naming of Lake Calhoun to Bidet Makaska, the Minneapolis Park and Rec Board is moving to scrub the Calhoun name from surrounding parkways and parkland. This is such a waste. A park board committee on Wednesday will vote on whether to rename four roads that bear the surname of John C. Calhoun, comma, a staunch supporter of slavery, comma. Isn't this, aren't, aren't they willfully choosing to ignore the rule of law based on what they believe to be their version of the truth? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the truth is the identity of Calhoun is wrong because of slavery, so therefore we don't accept the finding? Right. right. He has to disappear. B is in B, S as in S. They're so hung up on the fact that this guy had slaves. Everybody on the East Coast had slaves. Yeah. We don't today. We never did in Minnesota, do we? No. Uh, they'll also vote on bestowing the Dakota name on what's now Lake Calhoun Park, the public land and surrounding the lake. The renaming effort by the park board rebuffs last month's decision by the State Court of Appeals, which ruled that the State Department of Natural Resources Commissioner exceeded his authority when he changed the lake's name last year. And all the court said was, the court didn't weigh in on whether it should be Calhoun or Bidet Makaska. The court said the DNR commissioner does not have this within his rubric to do this. Yeah, all they were saying is, you did it wrong. You need a a law. You need to either write a new law or amend the current law to say that DNR commissioners get to rename stuff. Follow procedure. Now, my question is, um, with this, the parkways being renamed, that shouldn't be a hassle, right? Isn't that just a matter of... Uh, city council vote and it's done because there's no DNR, there's no federal, there's no state. Just they can just do it, can't they? Well, they want to change West Calhoun Boulevard to West Bidet Makaska Boulevard, Calhoun Drive to Bidet Makaska Drive, East Lake Calhoun Parkway to Bidet East Bidet Makaska Parkway, and West Lake Calhoun Parkway to West Bidet Makaska Parkway. And they're doing this because they say it's the right thing to do. Uh, well. It Talk to your residents. And think of how many people, people it doesn't affect. That. It doesn't affect. This handful of people, uh, it's they're letting that affect them, but for the people that are going around the lake, they don't care. Listen to this BS. John C. Calhoun, who served as vice president under John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson, was a southern plantation owner who strongly advocated for slavery and the removal of American Indian people from their lands in the 1820s. John C. Calhoun was not a nice guy. He definitely was not a nice guy to people who looked like me, said French. Who's French? I'll get it for you. Uh, Is he using the the Mayor Fry line? Interesting what you mentioned there about Calhoun. Uh, He hated both. uh, He he wanted slaves, and he wanted the removal of the Native Americans. This is Park Board Commissioner Londell French. Uh, John C. Calhoun was not a nice guy. Uh, I just don't think that protecting his legacy is what the park board should be doing. And again, the fundamental mistake they're making is to ignore the truth of why it was named Calhoun in the first place. I'm getting tired of this topic. Unfortunately, you're going to just find more and more and more Mm -hmm. of this as you head deeper into this century. 
because their task now to sanitize can never end. But the lake wasn't named for Calhoun because he was a proponent of slavery. The lake was named for Calhoun by a bunch of uh, brown noses surveyors out here who said, let's throw the bone of boss back home right. and say, hey, boss, we named a lake for you. <laughs> Wait, lake no, Calhoun. I, think, I think you said that wrong. <laughs> right. Let's <laughs> throw the boss a bone. There you what go. What I say? The bone well, of well, boss. Well, what we usually say here. Let's throw the boss a bone. As let's a throw the f- bone a boss. Yeah. <laughs> As a former traffic hack, I, I have to admit, I would like uh, putting in my report a couple of times a day, the East Eastbound bidet. Yeah. I, I love the way that rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Eastbound bidet, westbound bidet. That, that sounds good. So uh, uh, the uh, DNR will appeal the Court of Appeals, but that doesn't uh, mean that the uh, park board's going to wait. They say uh, that we're going to get on this because we, we know better than you. We know what the truth is, and we're terribly, terribly virtuous people, and uh, we're out to uh, uh, atone for our past sins. I would just hope, and I know I've, I've beaten this drum uh, and I've right into the ground, but these people that want to change the name of Calhoun should do their research because you're going to find a lot of guys, a lot of historical figures from the North that hated Native Americans and they made it their life's goal to get rid of Native Americans. And you're not talking about those crackers at all. Well, th- in this... <laughs> Why don't we just admit? Ad- admit to our faults. Well, not only and that, move forward. why don't we just admit that none of us can understand even that thinking? Right. It's beyond my comprehension. Right. It was a completely different world. Right. I'm no example of virtue, but it's beyond my comprehension to hate people with such a passion that I'd want to move or exterminate it or something. Well, why, not, why not use it as an educational tool? Well, that's because that's too, that's too smart. That's too full of common sense. That isn't what we do. That isn't what we do, John Height. That isn't what we do. Uh, does Johnny got a newscast today? Yes. Nah. Oh, I would. I oh, would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my question is, does Johnny have a guitar today? I yes, do does. have a guitar. Yes, and, he uh, does. Several things I may pull it out. You no, weren't you, kidding, by the way. That thing never goes out of tune. Oh, when you were does. playing yeah. it yesterday, it was just as if you were still at Groundhoppers on Friday. Well, this is a different guitar. Though. I thought it was the same one. Oh, that he just tuned up. No, that he just tuned up. That's the same one. No, no, no. this is this it's, is a different one. Nah, it's it's different, Mr. It's a, it's, it's a nice guitar. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> same one, definitely the same one. Say, how's that scruffy front yard looking? Sad, pathetic, embarrassing, all of the above, and about to be covered in dandelions. This doesn't have to be like this. Let's make it end right now. A beautiful lawn, the best on the block, a click away. Professionalturf.com. Do what I did so many years ago. Schedule a free, no-obligation lawn care estimate, a seasoned pro-turf pro. They're going to stop by and set up a weed and fertilizer program that's not only safe for our mother, the earth, but guaranteed to give you the most luscious lawn in the neighborhood. Click on it right now. Professionalturf.com. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. And John Heights News, sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. We thank them. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, some breaking news. That Minneapolis man accused of throwing a five-year-old... I still say breaking news, even though we're doing a That's podcast. That's all right. Yeah, uh, it's kind of tough to have breaking news on the old pod. It really is. <laughs> 
man accused of throwing that five-year-old boy from a third-floor balcony at Mall of America last month has pleaded guilty to attempted premeditated first-degree murder. 24-year-old Emmanuel Arando entered his plea Tuesday morning in Hennepin County Court, admitting he knew throwing the child over a third-floor balcony could kill him. Family spokesperson has said the boy is now out of critical condition and is alert and conscious. Family says they hope he'll be able to come back home by June. Miranda agreed to a plea deal containing a sentence of 228 months, which is 19 years. As part of the deal, prosecutors agreed not to pursue an aggravated circumstances component to the charge that could have meant an additional year in prison for Aranda. Last week, the Hennepin County Attorney's Office said prosecutors would seek the maximum sentence, but Tuesday, senior assistant county attorney said the family of the boy fully supports the plea. Budget negotiations between Governor Tim Walz and State House and Senate leaders continued Monday night with less than a week to go to overcome differences. Lawmakers have until May 20th to strike a deal during the regular legislative session. Uh, Governor Walz and House leaders working together did offer to reduce the proposed gas tax increase by uh, from four cents, excuse me, by four cents from 20 to 16 That's cents. That's his big per concession. Gallon. That's his big concession. That was concession. the concession yep. yesterday. Like, what yes. an insult. And GOP leaders proposed using $43 million from the budget reserve to pay for broadband and deputy registrar reimbursement funding. Republican Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka uh, told uh, Tom Hauser, the KSTP reporter from downstairs, that they're, quote, still worlds apart from Democrats on budget numbers as of Monday evening. I love that the Republican side of the aisle is standing strong and just saying no. But he keeps saying no. they uh, we need to work together. Tim, right. nobody wants this. You right. need to get over it. Right. At the direction of National Security Advisor John Bolton, Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan last week presented top White House national security officials with a plan that would send up to 120,000 troops to the Middle East in the event that Iran would attack any American forces or accelerate work on nuclear weapons. The plan was reportedly presented during a meeting about the Trump administration's broader Iran policy attended by, among others, Bolton, CIA Director Gina Haspel, Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman General Joseph Dunford, and Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats. It's unclear if President Trump has been briefed on the details of the plan, which did not call for a land invasion of Iran, but requested a similar number of troops involved in the U.S. 2003 invasion of Iraq. At least four people killed, ten others hospitalized after two aircraft collided in midair over Alaska on Monday, according to the U.S. Coast Guard. Think of the space there. Yeah, float, I'm serious. I think of the odds. Float planes, though, right? Yeah. And they were returning passengers to a uh, ship? Yep, the yeah. cruise ship, yep. The deadly collision took place Monday afternoon in Coon Cove, Alaska, according to the FAA. A de Havilland DHC-2 Beaver with five people on board and a de Havilland Otter DH-3 carrying 11 people crashed in midair under unknown circumstances. Ten people with injuries from the incident taken to the Peace Health Ketchikan. You mean people lived? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten. Four killed, ten left. Well, they must have been ten feet above the lake then. Uh, the planes were on sightseeing tours carrying guests from the Royal Princess cruise ship. It's on a seven-day voyage. It departed Vancouver May 11th. How could anybody reporting is it what it used to be? How can they have lived? In this modern day, though, it's so shocking that even though they're float planes, they're still all connected on the same channel. And You're right. Yeah. I, I have yet to see a description of their flight path. I, I'd like to see just how that went I got down. the greatest reporting is in what it used to be coming up later in the show. Really? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. So. That really is. But this one's a, egregious. 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 I say. That's a great word. I say. I say. I say. Uh, you guys know who's free? You want a hint? Yeah. 
I'd love to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. And that is, that what, is what I truly love to be. If I were an Oscar Mayer I thought you were going to sing What the hell are you talking? What's free? Then you would something something with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who's free? Yeah. yeah. Anthony Weiner. Oh, oh. <laughs> the newsman shoots and scores. The newsman shoots and scores. I almost thought one of you guys would jump was, on that before I even he, got into geez. the house. Was he the uh, I was hiking the Appalachian Trail no, guy? No, 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 that's the South no. Carolina guy. He's, he's much worse than hiking the Appalachian Trail. He was the uh, I'm sending the the gals my swimsuit photos. Well, and it was a 15 oh. year old at the end. Of the oh, oh, that's right. Oh. That's right. I forgot about that one. And his wife was uh, Huma. Yeah, the uh, Hillary's gal. Yeah, Hillary's. yeah, the personal assistant. Quite a crowd they got out there on your East Coast. Yeah. Former rep Anthony Weiner left a New York City halfway house Tuesday morning after finishing up his prison sentence for illicit online contact with a 15-year-old girl. He said, it's good to be out. I hope to be able to live a life of integrity and service. Why should we believe that's possible? How much time? What do you think? <laughs> Until he's picked up again. The 54-year-old Wiener was ordered in April to register as a sex offender as he neared the end of a 21-month prison sentence. The judge designated Wiener a level one offender under the state's version of what's known as Megan's Law, meaning he's thought to have a low risk of reoffending. Uh, Wiener was a once-rising star in the Democratic Party, served Congress 12 years he had been living in the halfway house since February after serving most of his sentence at a prison in Massachusetts. He still faces three years of court supervision. Uh, prosecutors said uh, Wiener had a series of sexually explicit Skype and Snapchat exchanges with a North Carolina high school student and encouraged the teen to strip naked and touch herself sexually. Isn't that something? Yeah. And you're just reading, uh, you know... Uh... What what book are you reading? I gotta have time to read. Right. I was thinking, where does he get the time and oh, that's energy? That's what I'm saying. Where do you get the it's extra like, time? Geez, I'm trying to figure out how to b- f- make a window for Seriously, my barn. I've always wondered that about these types of crimes. Where do you get the time? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like I've got get a so hobby. Much, I guess that was the hobby. Snapchat <laughs> or what is it? Go wax your car. I got something. five million things going through my brain right now. That's not one Me of them. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. You want one? <laughs> no. A brain? No, I'm in a picture. He just wants to wax his car. Speaking of brains, if you want to save your brain, focus on keeping the rest of your body well with exercise and healthy habits rather than popping vitamin pills. These are new guidelines for uh, preventing dementia. My uncle was a great doctor, and he said Americans have the most expensive urine in the country. (laughs) About 50 million people... Did he buy a lot? Yeah. You're wasting your time. Sam's Club. You're just wasting your time. What do you got there? Urine. Yep. Really, my grandpa was convinced vitamin C is what uh, allowed him to live to 99 years old. Huh. That's what he says. Well, go, get out in the sun once in a while. Fish oil. <laughs> you need to have fish oil. Yeah, Johnny, just, you're a fish oil. I, do, I take a lot of go fish oil. Salmon. I don't I like love salmon. love salmon. Me too. About 50 million people currently have dementia, and Alzheimer's disease is the most common type. Each year brings 10 million new cases, and according to the World Health Organization. Uh, the age is the top risk factor, but according to this study, dementia is not a natural or inevitable consequence of aging. Many health conditions and behaviors affect the odds of developing it, and the new research suggests a third of the cases are preventable. That's according to Maria Carrillo. I have, a, I have a mind question, and yes. I'm asking it seriously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have any of you ever been driving along? It's a serious question. And momentarily not known where you oh, were. Absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah, you did it Friday. Where, forgot yeah. where I was going for real. Uh, I'll take it like, a step further. 
missed an exit. Just no, but I mean, right you literally didn't know where you were, even though you knew where you were. Yeah. Yeah. That happened to me about 40 years ago. 40, 40 How years long did it last? ago? It seemed like it lasted a minute or two. Oh, so it's not frequent. Well, it hasn't happened to me in 40 years. Oh. So just the one time? The one and... time, but it, it was eerie. It was eerie. Goofy, I kept going, yeah. what? What? Wow. Couldn't think of where I was. I've never taken it to that level. But, but then I've... I got back to knew where, I, where I knew where I am. There you go. And where are you now? I don't so, know. If it happens frequently, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I, I would think frequently would not be fun. Uh, I'm, like, I'm going on 40 years. I'm pretty good now. Okay, so I'll redefine it. I do this trip up 94 to Douglas County you know, yeah. all the time, and there are frequent times when I'm driving back, and I'll, around, um, say, before Monticello, yeah. I'll realize that I don't remember anything of the last 90 minutes. Because, no, that's not the same. You've just been thinking of something thinking, else. Yeah. You're just Other thoughts. daydreaming. How here. the hell did I get here already? Yeah, well. How am I already in Monticello? Yeah. you got some problems. I think yeah. that's a problem. I think you need to see a shrink. Yeah. <laughs> well, another one? Yeah, another one. <laughs> Again? Change. <laughs> uh, this is a very, I don't know if you guys caught this story. Three Germans killed with crossbows. I did. In a series of five deaths, shared a passion for medieval folklore and weaponry. And according to local media, autopsy suggested, uh, suggesting it's a murder-suicide pact. I had a question when I read that story. Yeah, I have the same question. I think. So how they all meet up, or was it that one? No, it wasn't that one. Oh. I, I was wondering how the last person ended up. Yeah, killed, that's my question. Oh, there you go. That's an even better question. With, with uh, unless it's a one, two, three, go thing. Police investigating. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I think yeah. so. Wow. Police investigating the initial triple. But what if you're the guy that says, I'm out? Right. That's be, real trust. That'd, that'd, yeah. yeah, that'd be me. Police investigating the initial triple death mystery said they found the last wills of two of the victims in a hotel room. No signs of a struggle or any involvement by other people. Germany has been baffled by the weird case since the trio of corpses was found Saturday in a hotel in the Bavarian town of Passau. Followed by Monday's discovery of two dead women across the country in the town of Whittington. Mass Circulation Build, the Daily, reported that the victims had shared a fascination with the Middle Ages. One person was 53, one 33, killed with crossbow shots to their heads and hearts. Jeez. The other woman uh, died of a single crossbow arrow in her neck. It's so not an arrow, John. It's a bolt. A bolt? Yeah, that's what they call them. Okay. You going to Mud Lake this summer? Mud Lake? Yeah. I'm not this year, I don't think. But you've been to Mud Lake. I've been to. Do they use Aquasay? Are you talking about Dead Lake? Dead Lake. Dead Lake. Did I say mud? Dead Lake Dead over Lake. by Purim, sure. That's almost sure. a bad lake name, Dead oh, Lake. Dead Lake. But I bet they use Aquaside because you had, you went to a little mom pop resort with a perfect swimming beach? Yep. Aquaside have been keeping places like that in your home free of lake weeds for more than 60 years. Uh, and if you own a home, you know you're always checking the weather forecast. Did you see this weekend? Into the yeah. 80s? Very nice. Into the 80s? Very nice. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond. Call Aquaside today. They'll mail you the product you need. They'll they'll help you. They'll identify the weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. That way the kids aren't bugging the hell out of you. And uh, they're, it's safe. This is what I like about it. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for your family. Aqua Clear pellets are another great option to strip the dead weeds from the area. Aqua Clear pilots will get the muck out, no permit required. Call Aquaside today at 1 800 328 9350. That's 1 800 328 9350. Or go to aquaside.com. An Australian family experienced a stroke of good fortune when they found a gold nugget 
value, valued at tens of thousands of dollars while they were walking their dog on Sunday. No. The family's father and two daughters, who asked to remain anonymous, were out with their dog, coincidentally named Lucky, when they came across the pricey nugget. Did it have all four legs? The father. What is that old joke about the, the some something or dog had three lost, legs and was lost, walking sideways? Lost. He had one ear and you know and the yeah. nose was all gnarled up. And they said, "What's the dog's name?" They said, "Lucky." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've always seen it as the lost dog poster. Right, missing right. leg, missing eye, right, blah blah right, blah. Right. Name Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to the father, I actually walked right past it, but my daughter pretty much kicked it as she was walking. Father said they weighed the nugget at a nearby supermarket and they couldn't find anywhere to properly weigh it. The gold nugget weighed 20 ounces, or 1.25 pounds, a value the family said could be worth upwards to 24 grand. To sell it as a nugget whole, it's probably worth a little more than that, according to the father. We've come mm-hmm. on some tough times, so it's really good because we've been struggling financially. Uh, it couldn't be better timing, really. I thought to myself when I was reading this, because I'm always looking for songs. You know, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. hard to come up with songs. There's a lot of gold songs, but they all have bands. Yeah. They, da, I, da, 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 heart of gold. Da, 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 da. Yes. Thank you, Kenny. I should have brought my bass in. I actually know that song. That's the only I come up with, but that's got nothing to do with real gold. I mean, Turkin' for a heart of gold. No, but it's a good song. But then on my way to work, I had a revelation as I was listening to the radio. Yeah. Remember the old Rufus Thomas song? Walking the dog. Oh, yeah. Walking the dog. Walking the dog. If you want me to show you, teach you how to walk the dog. What about Iggy Pop? I want to be your dog. I want to be your dog. Yeah, that'd be Nothing to do with gold. See, it's just see the lucky the dog was okay, walking. We the have dog to, was on a walk. We have to back up one story, Uh-oh. Such. I went to, and I googled crossbow bolt and just uh, by coincidence found a toothpick shooting tiny crossbow. What? Really? You put your what? toothpick on this little thing, it fits in your hand. Oh. You can shoot that SOB that would just cause havoc in the workplace. <laughs> How fun would that be? Jeez. Fifteen bucks. <laughs> you, you can could, order uh, that thing you on could, the internet. You could put an eye on it. I know. That's right. why I like yeah, it. Thanks. Say, when we return, I'm going to give you the best ever reporting is it what it used to be. Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389, 800-967-3389, The Canopy Group. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Under the heading of reporting is it what it used to be. A mother has been arrested after a young child called 911 to report that he and six other kids have been left alone in a hot car. Mm. The call came 
to dispatchers in Charles County, Maryland, around 1 p.m. last Friday, the sheriff's office said in a press release. I also read the press release to seek what was missing. It wasn't in there either. The child didn't know where they were, but the operator was able to pinpoint the location of the vehicle in the St. Charles Town Center, according to the sheriff's office. Officers found seven children between the ages of two and four in the vehicle with the windows rolled up and the car not running. Shortly after the children were removed from the car and treated at the scene, the driver arrived. According to the sheriff's office, the unnamed 37-year-old woman had been shopping inside the mall for at least 20 minutes. Uh, It is against the law to leave a child under the age of eight unattended inside a motor vehicle if the caregiver is out of sight of the child unless a reliable person at least 13 years old remains with the child, the sheriff's office said. Uh, The woman is the mother of two of the children and was babysitting the others, according to the sheriff's office. She was arrested and charged with confinement of children inside a motor vehicle but may face additional charges. The penalty... For leaving children unattended is as much as $500 in fines, 30 days in jail, or both, according to Maryland state law. And then the rest of the story goes on to tell us how cars can transform themselves into ovens when direct sunlight begins to heat that plastic and whatever else is the interior of the car. And that's the end of the story. What's missing? I can't think of anything. I know. Oh, you guys know. What was the temperature that day? Uh... Is that, Was that in there? That's also, uh, that is also, that's a, that, well, there's, you know what? There's many, let's, let's. <laughs> yep, there we go. Brooke, let's start a list. Start a list, Brooke. <laughs> start a list. <laughs> it might okay. not be apropos, but why can't these kids open a door? Uh, the, the name of the uh, subject that was arrested. Uh, no, that I don't care. <laughs> uh, how about, uh, how were the other kids related to the, the woman? No, no, he covered that. No. Oh, he did? I, then I missed There's it. two of her children, the rest she was babysitting. None of them older than four. So, oh. a, a, we don't know, uh, what was your, we don't know the temperature, temperature outside. Yeah. A B, we don't know, uh, presumably we'll have to, we'll, we'll have to assume the doors were locked. Okay. All right. That, but that, we don't know that. Which I always thought you could open from the inside anyway. That's right. <laughs> no, what's the obvious one? I told you before, I told you during the break, We're you don't fired. get this, you go, go to, to prison. prison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I don't want to okay. go to prison. Uh, what kind of car? Okay, they called nope. 911. Does it have to do with the 911 call? The child had a cell phone. One of the kids yeah, had a cell phone the... and called 911. Well, I'll, I'll just fill in the blanks. <laughs> oh, this yeah. was a fun game. We're all going to prison. They're aged but... two to four. A, did the woman intentionally leave a cell phone with them? And if so... Did she anticipate that the children would have been able to use it? I know little kids are getting pretty good with technology, but do you think a four-year-old can call 911? Yes. Okay. Mine could. But there's no mention in here of how they had a phone, why they had a phone, who used it, why they were prescient enough to use it. This is a this is all a positive story, by the way. No one got hurt. Right. Well, and I here's why I say yes. I've actually shown my kids how to use it in case something were to happen to either me or my wife. Huh. I've shown my kids how to call 911 on my cell phone. Well, then maybe this woman did that with one of the four-year-olds. And I think that's commonplace now with people with young kids. Okay. Yeah, but then to... I don't know the temperature. I don't know if they were locked in the car. I don't know why they had a phone. 
Uh, if she is that inattentive, wouldn't you think she would be sure to keep her phone with her? Or maybe she's so inattentive she accidentally left the phone in the car. Hmm. I would guess she strategically did leave the phone with the kids. Okay. Well, you're really, really coming out in strong defense of the woman. No, not at all. I think she's an idiot for leaving seven kids in a car by themselves. And she should. she's the one that should go to prison, not us. Or, or does the current Bluetooth technology, can you uh, press some buttons on a dashboard and not oh, even need a car? There's I don't that. Know. I yeah. don't know. Can you? I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, well, in this room, you that. probably currently or, have the newest car. Well, what about OnStar? Yeah, if it's a Chevrolet, it then, then they would have an OnStar. Well, then that's not explained by the reporting, isn't what it used what to be. We don't know what kind of car. We don't know anything. Nope. It's a bad reporter. Except seven kids got saved <sighs> because one of them could call 911. <laughs> that's key to the story, too. Was my it question, intentionally it, left? Yeah, my question is, were they really in peril? It was, or were they just it was messing around it was and testing? I found a temper. John found it. So it was probably it was hotter than the car. the windows up? Yeah, they there. were yeah. in peril. Yeah. Okay, all right. And the other thought I had, because I thought about this when we had that horrible story out of St. Paul a couple yeah. of days ago. It, a four-year-old, at least mine, a lot of those kids know how to get themselves out of their car Booster seats. seats mm-hmm. And I'm not in any way trying to say that this kid, you know, right. who knows. But I, that's the first thing I thought. Why, why didn't some of these kids just open the door like Kenny said? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've equipped the, my women of folk with these blades to cut the straps on the baby seat. I don't mm-hmm. know, though. My I, fear is they'll cut the kid in half in their panic. <laughs> Stop <laughs> worrying. What? Oh, my word. Well, I find things to worry about. <laughs> you do. But the, thing, do. The, the real, the education, everybody, this is instinct. You would know, oh, wow, it's hot. Because when you first open that door to get out, you know it's hot already. Uh, why instinctively you wouldn't say, kids, i got to bring you in here. I can't leave you in the car. It's getting to the point where you, there's so much to worry about. That when you're in church, you got to look for a guy with a gun. Yep. When you're walking through a parking lot at the shopping center, you got to have a baseball bat so you can break a car window yep. in case some kid's in there. Where's it going to end, Matt? Uh, it's not going to end well unless there's some type of turnaround. The only you know, place I what, yes, you know where if I felt really bad, do you want to know where I'd want to go? I'd want to eat, and I'd want to get something really, really good to eat. The only time I want heat is at the end of a lighter, and I'm lighting a cigar I got from Sodis oh, out in Stillwater. You had, I thought you had Grunhoff's. Sodis, I did, but I changed the heat part. So. <laughs> Bravo, boys. Got it. Got it. Sodi Cigar and Pipe, the newest uh, cigar store in the area. It's out in Stillwater. You go to the last light on uh, Osgood. 36. Before you cross the river, you take a right on Osgood, and there's Sodi's. And these guys, Scott and uh, Luke, have really thought this out. It's a wonderful store because when you go in, you're not going to be inundated in cigar smoke, which I happen to love. But you go in there, you're in a hurry, you're buying some cigars for a fishing trip or a golf outing. You don't want to come out of there smelling all cigar smoky. Right. Well, their smoking lounge is separate from the humidor room so that when you enter the smoking lounge with its highest tech uh, ventilation system, You'll never smell the cigar smoke in the store itself, and in the lounge, you'll even have a comfortable environment. This is cigars, pipes, pipe tobacco, all the accessories, lighters, cigar cutters, you name it, uh, ashtrays, and... uh, 
these guys know their stuff. These are these are quality cigars. We're not talking the you know you're not talking about the gas station cigars. You know never, we're not talking the cheroots that you right, get at Walgreens. Right. These are the I real never thought deal. about ashtrays because I'm not a smoker. Yeah, but. these are the real deals. Great specials in all brands, including box specials. The ribbon cutting was last week. Uh, you can find them also at Sodies S O D I E apostrophe S Sodies Cigar dot. Com. Congratulations, Scott and Luke, on the grand opening Woo! of Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater. South St. Paul. I know it well. I know the mayor personally. I do, too. The South St. Paul School Board voted unanimously Monday night. That would be Monday, May 13th, 13th. last night. To allow students to wear sashes that represent their identities. To South St. Paul Secondary School's graduation ceremony this spring. I knew you were going to bring this one up today. I knew it. Students from four affinity groups at the school had lobbied for the right to wear the sashes, also called stoles. The decision represents an about face for the district. Just two weeks ago, Principal Chuck Ochaki had said the district would consider the policy change, but that students wouldn't be allowed to wear them to this year's graduation ceremony, which is set for June 6. Students from the four groups, the Black Pride Organization, Comunidad de Latinos Unidos, the Women's Society, and the Sexuality and Gender Alliance, a group of LGBT students, were jubilant after Monday night's meeting. I never thought this would actually happen, said senior Naomi Gade, a member of the Black Pride Organization. I don't know one little. I didn't know one little thing could become this big. The students were guided by Jessica Davis, a math teacher at the school, who is also the 2019 Minnesota Teacher of the Year. I'm elated, overjoyed, and I'm especially proud of these students. Davis said. School board member Patty Bjorklund said she was deeply impressed by the students' presentation on why they wanted to wear the sashes. Super Dave Webb said he too was proud of the students. We believe in elevating student voice, and they were great examples of that this year, he said. An anonymous donor has even stepped up to cover the cost of having the sashes made, according to the super Dave Webb. So the sashes identify what group they're... uh... So let's say you're a black kid. This is high school, right? Secondary? That's high school? Yeah. So you're a black kid. Uh, What are you going to wear that... What what are you going to wear? You presumably were born in this country. You're an American citizen. You're American. What are you going to wear? Well, that's, I guess that's what I'm having trouble with. What they're and if you're LGBTQMPORFGBOWXYZ, what are you going to wear? That's easy. I would guess a rainbow. Of I some guess. Sort. Yeah, I guess that, that. But you're right. I ask those same questions to myself. Okay, but most of the people. Uh, that are probably LBGT that have gone to school with these people in a high school setting know that Jimmy uh, likes to dress up like a girl, that uh, Jenny likes to be a guy, you know, do guy stuff, and it's why do you need to call that out at your graduation ceremony? The larger point here is, uh, you know, kids usually are off limits on this show. Yeah. And uh, my concern is... That they're being taught poorly. They're being taught to not embrace their oneness as Americans. They're being taught and encouraged even by the teacher of the year to embrace only their personal identities. Hmm. So 
But I know this comes up a lot every spring. But you know, if it was my in, in GL, you're, uh, the guys are going to wear a, a sport jacket and a tie, and the gals are going to wear a dress. And you're not, you know, you're not going to bring in a, a a crown that you wore uh, that your grandfather wore in uh, Polynesia. But we're talking you know? a gown and a sash. Yeah. You know, graduation yeah, cap and gown, the uniform. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it should be. You're, but what 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 does this give these children to take on oh, into life? I can answer for them for you. Okay, diversity. This represents diversity. Okay, but what does it do for the children? I know, I know the teachers and the uh, administrators worship at the altar of diversity, but what does this do for the kids? Celebrates their diversity, which I have to say is I don't get. My son just graduated high school last year, Roosevelt, South Minneapolis. The most diverse, happy group of kids. I've ever seen. Did they do the sashes? Uh, they all had the same sashes on, and they do not see color, race, language, religion. They just see other kids. Well, that, that's out a, four that, years. Isn't that isn't that what they're supposed to see? I would think so. Well, but doesn't this serve to then create a distinction? I think this... I think so. I think I think it, it's it's is it divisive? It is to me. Yeah. Well, and I, I think also, I don't know this for sure, but my guess would be meddling parents. Jimmy, you need to let people know that you are uh, a rainbow child, that you're, you want everybody to see that you are, are, are the black power or what whatever. The, I still hung up on what the hell a black kid. You know, and wear. I can go back to my kid's graduation last year. There was a couple of kids, one kid in particular, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, uh, openly out of the closet, very gay. And you could tell, as audience, <laughs> yeah, audience members, you could tell, me. and all the kids loved them. Yeah. Absolutely loved the kid. Well, it sounds to me like Roosevelt's doing something right. Yeah. I, I thought so. I, I thought <laughs> it was an amazing. Like, I thought it was a really good high school. I the really teddies. Did. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I'm, that'll come under attack one of these days. He had to do something wrong someplace. Yeah. Oh, sure he was did. killing beasts over in... Uh, well, he shot Buffalo in right. North Dakota. The, the, only, the only issue I have with uh, with that school is uh, just stop mentioning Governor Ventura. Yeah, you, you know, big yeah. deal. He went yeah. to high school there. Yeah. Yeah. Move, move forward. <laughs> when, it was bla- when it was black and white, it was the, there was no color at the school. Move forward. I just don't understand. Well, you, you nailed the answer. The answer is this celebrates diversity, which has been imposed upon them by adults. And rather than let them be uh, just uh, organically united as a bunch of kids, yeah. uh, we're going to point out now that Different look, look at how great we are. Look at all the diversity and we've had here. What drove me, uh, my wife and I to uh, Roosevelt is because my parents offered to pay for private education for my kid uh, all 12 years. So we went to, and I'm not going to mention the school, but we went to a meeting there, and the whole meeting you know, convincing parents to bring their kids here and enroll here was about diversity. And they had a brand new diversity director, and there were uh, three people of, uh, a, they weren't white, that were mm-hmm. in the meeting. And they went on and on and on. And then we went over to public high schools and public elementaries. And it's like, okay, this is diversity in real life playing out right here and now. These kids don't see color, race, religion, they see other kids. So you visited Hill Murray? Uh, no, it was <laughs> it, it was right across the river. Though uh, the hint is, it's very close to the Mississippi. Ah, That's the only you. hint I'll give you. Either Breck or Minnehaha. Well, <laughs> bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. 
sure as hell wasn't vanilla. Well, I'll say this. I've often said this uh, in defense of public education. Mm-hmm. Any kid who goes to a public high school from a caring, concerned home mm-hmm. where the parents, preferably two, yep. a mother and father, sometimes it's just one, but that still can be a caring household. Any kid who goes to a public high school from a home where the parent or parents are deeply involved, asking questions, yep. staying on top of things, can get one hell of an education. I've always said that. Oh, I've uh, always said that. Public high school kids that are like that have a major advantage because they can start to take their college classes for free. I know many kids who go to public high schools whose parents could buy a private high school. Mm-hmm. And they get their top drawer in their achievements yeah. because the parents give a bleep. But that, that is... I'm not suggesting, by the way, I'm not tying this to South St. Paul. I'm not suggesting the parents of these uh, children who campaign to wear sashes are not involved parents. Uh, I have wandered away and the topic got a little, uh, little dissected here. Well, when I read that story this morning, I was wondering, what do the rest of the kids feel about this? The kids that are just going to wear it. What's their sash color? Gold? Well, let's just pull out a color. I, I guess I'm so old now I'm confused by the sash thing. I, we it's, never had a you sash. Have the robe, Thank you. you have the robe. You have this V-shaped sash mm-hmm. thing, right, that goes yeah. around yeah. your neck. And then if you're an honor student, you have the gold. Right, right, yeah. right. And then Do they allow a, that? Because that certainly would uh, distinguish yeah, kids. I think so. Yeah, I if think. you're a crypt, it's blue. We red, wore a blood. green gown with a hat. Bold. <laughs> yeah, yes, I just remember it. a hat and gown. Hat and a gown. And you couldn't wait to get the damn thing oh, off. Exactly. On the Capitol, the cathedral steps. So yeah. are, are the kids that don't have a special sash, are they being oppressed and being left out? I would think so. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just. Uh, but I you just... were talking about closing the achievement gap, you know, mm-hmm. or based, but, you know, that's the state's big concern is we need to close the achievement gap. That starts at home. Mm-hmm. You, you, there's so many examples of these kids that from day one are behind the eight ball because nobody at home gives a damn. Well, I'm going to get heavy now. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. And I'll probably get in trouble. But it's just merely an example of postmodernism to say to these, but for the adults to say to these kids, you be who you are, meaning uh, embrace your uh, embrace your particular ethnicity. And they're doing that in lieu of driving home the point that isn't it great to be an American? We're all Americans. I think the kids would be better served by being taught or encouraged to just adopt everything American as possible that they can. Everything. And what I don't get about that is the kids are already being kids, and they all already have their own groups. The jocks hang out together. The punk rockers hang out together. You know what I mean? And they all see each other equally. equally. Sometimes those groups clash. But that's what my point is. Why do you need to have a sash to say, I'm with LGBT? We know it already. Let's graduate and go have fun. And go well, not only do they know it as kids, they don't care. But here's, right. the, here's the irony. Here's the paradox. These are the same school administrators who encourage collectivism, who encourage sameness, yep. who encourage uh, tolerance, uh, fairness and tolerance and everything. And yet, when it comes to political identities... They're allowing the kids to adopt and embrace those political identities rather than express themselves as merely a member of this large collective you, of kids to so get graduated. For me, you just hit it. Okay. Polit- political identities. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. 
Nothing against these kids, by the way, to our GLers in uh, South St. Paul. Right. I, I'm just saying uh, I don't buy your BS, school administrators. Yeah, they are. You nailed it. Yeah. They are political identities. Yeah. That's what but they are. But we all have kids here, and what's the one thing kids need? I don't anymore. Need? I have kids I used to, used have. to have. What did rules. Dill have? Yeah, they grow up with rules, and that's what yeah. you need to abide Dill's by. Dill's been out for, what, five years now? Yeah. Yeah. He but, came out? <laughs> no. <laughs> came out of Whoa, where was I been the last five Yikes. <laughs> uh, he, remember, he did... Uh, oh, right. He went to but the... But they uh, had a graduation, and he, he had a, a gown and a The hat. whole thing. Yeah. And they were all matching gowns. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wore the same thing. We all had the same thing, too. But, you know, you know, I went to a hillbilly high school, right. and the robes we wore were about 80 years old. Did you old. have your shades on with the big afro like you did in your football picture? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> one of the strangest pictures I've ever seen. I love yeah. that photo yeah. so yeah, much. one of my favorites. Looks like Marty Allen on steroids. <laughs> I don't think we were even allowed to keep the caps. I think the caps are recycled. What? Oh, the caps, oh, yes. I'm, the caps went back. I, I don't, You're kidding. No, I didn't. They go in the moldy closet underneath yeah. the stage. Gross. No, no. <laughs> Some other kid or mixture. Yeah. yeah. Right. Totally. I got head lice. Well, the same one thing with the band uniforms. So those were all 80 years old and stunk. <laughs> A story I don't understand, but it's filed under the Department of You Can't Win. Cleaner water mm-hmm. in and around New York and a surge of bait fish are drawing more sea life to the city where sightings of seals, dolphins, whales, and sharks have spiked. But many don't survive the trip. There are also many more marine mammals washing ashore or getting stranded, a reminder that the oceans remain dangerously polluted. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait. You're telling me the water's cleaner. So you got all these marine mammals now visiting. Mm-hmm. But they don't make it because the ocean's polluted. What? <laughs> the water's too clean. The water's too clean. <laughs> Number of beach whales has shot up statewide from 22 and 09 to, 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 to 2013 to 41 from 2014 to 2018 data from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration shows. In the city, Breezy Point in Queens, uh, in the city, Breezy Point in Queens has become the top place for beach whales, with two dead humpbacks being discovered there in 2018. A third whale found last year was hauled off the beach in Jamaica Bay. One whale got, one whale got stranded in New York this year. Uh, a dead 37-foot humpback discovered Sunday in West Hampton. Luckily, healthy whales are also being spotted in larger numbers in New York City's ocean waters. Then who is it? <laughs> That's coming to the beach and not making it back. Yeah. That's a good question. Our water's never been cleaner. cleaner. Therefore, here they come. But a lot of them beach themselves. In the meantime, we're also seeing healthy ones frolicking. Where in the hell am I supposed to be here? Right. Where do our sensibilities Where lie? Where do my sensibilities story? lie? Uh, two children got bit by a shark. Biologists credit the Federal Marine Mammal Protection Act passed in 1972 with help replenish the seal, dolphin, and whale stock in addition to less sewage being dumped in the New York Harbor. Great. Before the law prohibiting hunting of marine mammals, there were bounties on their heads, said Arthur Koppelman of the Coastal Research and Education Society of Long Island. Koppelman also credited the state's programs to restore menhaden a fish whose population recovery has been instrumental in attracting more dolphins, seals, whales, and sharks. Mm-hmm. So there's, about six, there's about six contradictions in here. 
you got to clean your water. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's attracting sea life. Yeah, that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you also have sightings of more and more healthy Mm -hmm. sea life. Mm -hmm. Frolicking. But uh, we're having too many dead whales, uh, even though we've restored Menhaden, a fish whose population recovery has been instrumental in attracting the dolphins, whales, and sharks. So what the hell? Where am I? Where are my sensibilities? I don't know. Isn't don't, Lake Isn't Lake Malax now? Uh, aren't they under a little fire because the water's too clean and that's hurting the fish population? I guess what that means is that some necessary plankton and whatever is not available. Oh. Do you yeah. do climate change? I, I have no idea. You're staring at it with your mouth open. Well, that uh, story is. Uh, yeah, it covers everything. It that covers possibly could and every, be covered. And anything. So, is the clean water attracting the bait fish, and then the bait fish is attracting the larger whales, etc.? And they're what apparently, and that's what's dying. Apparently, uh, it's a uh, it's a conundrum wrapped inside a par- Pandora's <laughs> box. I have no idea. Um, and in Malax, is it the invasive species that are eating others that are keeping things? You know what? You know what we're due for, Rook. Clean? What are we due for? I don't get it. Will you line up the lake detective for tomorrow. Ah, uh, yeah, yes. He's probably out on a case, but I'll save. I think it's worth touching base with LD to have him break this story down for us and the Malax story. He said, "Hope he's not stumped because we certainly were." He's never been stumped. Okay. Make him come in. Uh LD. Oh, that's a great idea. It'd be my guest. I would love it. All right, I will do that. We call him today, huh? See yep. if he's on a case. Yeah. He usually has to check his gun in uh, with the city authorities before he gets in the uh, skiff called Good Luck I've and got, goes out and solves the lake problem. You might need to give me an hour because I've got 5 million questions for it's you. It's not just a personal time for you, Kenny. It's not. No, it's, it's going to be personal. <laughs> I got question 7 Maybe is he could, uh, if, my water's a little... If you don't care about the waters of Douglas County, don't bother listening. Well, and then maybe he could uh, maybe he could give you some advice on how to put your deck in. Or your dock in, excuse your me. Don't, don't oh, yeah. start. Level to the left there, Kenny. <laughs> Chris. Please move it over. Chris, no. My way of thinking, Kenny. No. Yeah. Someday I'll tell you about the dock me and my buddy Johnny DeLong put in. Ooh, did we get in trouble. Seen from the house, looking down at the lake, the dock went south for a while. Sure, sure. <laughs> then it went north for a while. Yep. Then it went south again, caught a little west. Then <laughs> northeast. Walking on it, stone cold sober, was harrowing. I was going to say, maybe that's how they walked back into the... Uh... That was the old days with the posts that you pound in, That's right? what we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, the weather's turning. Weather's turning, bikers. You're really going to have a great weekend coming up all this week. Later this week, into the weekend, warm riding temperatures. Uh, you know what's located right here in Minnesota? DennisKirk.com, a trusted retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for you and your bike. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike. They have you covered. Huge in-stock selection with more than 160,000 products. Great website. Guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping. You want same-day shipping? You order by 8 o'clock today, you'll get what you ordered tomorrow. And if you buy a motorcycle helmet or apparel item and it doesn't fit or you just don't like it, that's not a problem. DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. 
$89 orders ship free. And as I said, you order by 8 o'clock today and get it tomorrow. Have a lot of fun on that website, DennisKirk.com. I've, yes, Ken. I've actually tested the system. They have a, cl- a countdown clock on their website, and I have waited till the last two minutes of that clock. 7.58. Do it, huh? <laughs> and it still comes through. It's Good. there the next day Good. and on my bike right away. Well, you know what I'm talking about, DennisKirk.com. A beautiful lawn is a super quick click away at ProfessionalTurf.com from their very first visit. For your free, no-obligation estimate, to the last of autumn, you will have serious lawn pride. The best on the block. Things are greening up nicely uh, around Gumption County right now. That means one thing, dandelions. Unless you're already a ProfessionalTurf.com customer, then you don't have any dandelions or any other weeds. And all you have to do is click. Click on it right now, ProfessionalTurf.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. One of the great attributes of GLers is that they are basically charitable sorts. They pitch in. If you're uh, in charge of helping your group come up with an auction for charity, a silent auction, you need to get a hold of big-time sports auctions. They provide sports and entertainment memorabilia for silent auctions. Steve Granquist showed me the other day that he even puts certificates of authentication on the backs of, for example, a beautiful color portrait of Joe Maurer. Here's the best part. There's no money out of your pocket. Big Time Sports keeps a portion of the proceeds, and your organization keeps the rest, and they do everything. They'll put the package together, Vikings, Twins, Wild, whatever you want, whatever makes sense. They bring the items to your event and set everything up, including the bid sheets. Then they pick up the unsold items after the event. You won't even know they've been there. You don't have to do anything. Big Time Sports Auctions works with all kinds of groups and events. Let your imagination roam free. Booster clubs, churches, schools, nonprofits, rotary clubs, golf tournaments. They can help you with your next event no matter what the event is. Go to btsauctions.com. That's btsauctions with an S dot com. Here's John Height in his newsroom. And it is sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. Thanks, fellas. The Lakes and Parks Alliance of Minneapolis says a delegation is meeting with Governor Tim Walz Tuesday. They want to ask him to instruct the Met Council to hold off on cutting down acres of trees in the Kenilworth Corridor until funding for the Southwest Light Rail Line is assured. Uh, This even as construction work on the project is getting underway. A group spokesperson said they do not expect to meet with the governor, who is busy with budget negotiations, but they do plan to present the petition to an aide. They can't see the light rail for the trees. That proposed line would connect downtown Minneapolis and the southwestern suburbs, would pass through the Kenilworth Corridor, a one-and-a-half-mile strip of land in Minneapolis that currently contains a freight train line and bike and running path. The group has long opposed the project, even filing a lawsuit to try and stop it. The suit, first filed in 2014, alleged the Met Council and the Federal Transit Administration violated state and federal laws, including the National Environmental Protection Act, when it came to the procedures followed in the approval of a portion of the line's route. In February 2018, a federal judge ruled proper procedures were followed, finding for the Met Council, though the group has appealed that decision. Meanwhile, a portion of the trail has been closed, so crews can begin taking down 1,300 trees for the project. But the funding isn't complete, but they've started already. That's correct, yes. How does that work? 
Yeah, it's expected. Do you get more money if the project is started? As the process, yes, uh, oh, continues right. to grow. So okay. the, uh, they're actually still waiting for the Federal Transit Administration to provide almost $929 million. Okay. And that will come through a grant that comes from the full funding grant agreement of New Starts. Well, now, what kind of trees are we talking? Black walnut, uh, red I, I oak, or are we talking yeah. scrub box elder crap trees? I, don't, I do not know. Ken. Hey, Such, did you uh, print off the email that I sent you from Joel from Minneapolis by chance, talking about the transportation gas tax uh, bill? Did yes. You, did you see that yeah. one? I thought it was kind of interesting. He says... Uh, uh, Chris, send this to the mayor. Have you fellows noticed that when liberals talk about the Minnesota gas tax, there is a consistent, subtle doublespeak? The libs say something along the lines of, we need to improve improve, excuse me, our aging bridges and roads. Therefore, we need to raise the gas tax to improve transportation, which I read as code for mass transit. Mm-hmm. I do not think a lot of people pick up on what they're doing. They begin with the statement with which most people agree. We need to improve br- bridges, blah, blah, blah. However... Most people, I just did blah, blah, blah. I didn't mean to do that. However, most people do not pick up on the fact that what they are saying to our face is we need to raise taxes to improve transportation. I never even thought of that. Mm-hmm. But he's absolutely right. Is this mm-hmm. rail line windmilling, Joe? Mm-hmm. It remember, is. Remember yesterday, they're closing these trails for three yeah. years to bikers, pedestrians, and bicyclists, mm-hmm. and skateboarders, and everyone else? And all the people in favor of the light rail are, mm-hmm. are pro-raising your taxes to fund transportation issues so. unless it runs through their backyard that's windmilling right. yeah that's windmilling <laughs> speaking of well, the best was sorry johnny the woman that was interviewed i think it was the fox nine piece and she straight out of liberal lakes you know she's got the big goofy hat and she says i'm used to hearing birds and, <laughs> and, she goes, and now i'm gonna hear a ding 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 yep, all yep, the time sure yes you are lady yes you are <laughs> welcome to the city urban oh, density can i read you a nice email somewhat sure. along those lines yeah. uh, a few thoughts from a ci girl in duluth being a garage logician could be a lonely business, pushing back daily in a state that is largely liberal while maintaining our ideal of common sense and love of country sometimes feels like a singular activity. I find common ground while listening to the podcast and have been a loyal listener for the years before that. I am not the least bit surprised by the growing number of your high-quality sponsors. What you have done is largely create a virtual community. Fine, go ahead and foghorn it, of <laughs> like-minded people who, like me, are pushing back daily, often by ourselves. We are happy to connect with people who think and act like us, as well as enjoy purchasing high-quality items, and according to your Friday podcast, even uh, find ourselves meeting each other at your recommended vendors. You have now taken a fictional town, added real establishments, and made them a destination for us. Could you have virtually stumbled onto a million-dollar idea? The concept of attraction, not promotion, as an advertising component. You've made all of us GLers hungry, and sometimes literally hungry, with your Grundhofer's ads to connect with the GL way of life, and you've done that by attracting businesses that are a good fit for us with your new podcast. Congratulations. Although I live in Duluth, I plan on stopping at Grunhofer's when I visit family this summer. You can bet that when I am looking for that gift for my GL guy, I'll be going to Molars or Sodis. And I rode an e-bike through the streets of Paris and cannot begin to tell you how much fun that was. Loyal listener, Susie. P.S. I was the owner of the beloved yet slow-witted, food-obsessed golden retriever, Rookie. Yes, named after your Rookie. I wrote several years ago to inform you that Rookie became worth his considerable weight in gold when he woke my whole family up in the middle of the night, I remember this, to escape our home while it was on fire. 
I miss him dearly as he was put down nearly a year ago today as I write this. Cancer took him, but he was treated like a king his remaining day. Susie Vandersteen, the owner and designer of Kitschy Gammy Design Company in Duluth. Isn't that cool. nice? Yeah, uh, nice? A lot of people are going to make that trip this summer, if not sooner, to uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned yeah, Do you know what exit it is? It's a 14. Um, I'm going to find it. I'm 14. Find it. I found Street. it before. Okay. There's a big sign that says, Hugo. <laughs> we had a Broadfest Mother's Day night from uh, Grunhofer's Brats. We had a Broadfest. Yum. And I, the, the, uh, jalapeno, the jalapeno was too hot for me. It was that Come it was on. so good. Why? No, I had to pass it on to a younger person. Oh then I tried something a little okay, calmer. Mr. So you shot off a little bit. Yeah, I don't like this. Well, I used this a kid. knife and fork. I didn't gnaw on the thing and then <laughs> hand it to somebody. <laughs> you got 130 different brat flavors. You can find something a little calmer. Uh, uh, chicken, beef brats, chicken brats, uh, steaks cut any way you want, bacon mm-hmm. cut any way you want. The rookie burgers are fantastic. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, just north of Hugo, on the east side of Highway 61 or Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats dot com. And if you're a jerky person, try They got some the jerky. jerky. Oh, I, I hear you so raving good. about the jerky Sweet, all the time. Uh, so good. Sweet and heat? Sweet and heat, turkey and beef, both oh my great. Gosh. Yep. Montana Governor, uh, oh, we have another another person entering the presidential race. Oh, why not? Jump on in. Montana Governor Steve Bullock announcing Tuesday he is seeking the Democratic presidential nomination, distinguishing himself among nearly two dozen candidates as the field's only statewide elected official to win a state that President Donald Trump carried in 2016. I was just going to ask about that. He's a 53-year-old uh, fella, governor, uh, running as a centrist Democrat who has advanced party values while navigating a Republican legislature and a GOP-leaning electorate. Huh. He made his candidacy official in a video that capped months of speculation fueled by his political activity in Iowa, which, of course, hosts the nation's first presidential caucus next February. Plans to address supporters later Tuesday in the state capitol. Are you worried about the climate? Is he pretty worried about he, the climate? He doesn't mention the climate. Right. No. You have to know my question, right, John? I have one question about this guy. Uh, you don't know him? Because of the last name? Yeah. Or? Is it the Bullock? I, I don't know. You're wondering if he's related to... Yeah, Seth Bullock from Deadwood, who yeah. was originally... His family was from Montana, and I'm wondering if it's the same. Who's Seth Bullock? I was thinking Sandra. He was the sheriff. He was the first sheriff, and then they uh, owned a hardware store and was uh, prominent in Deadwood in South Dakota and all that. Not Sandra. Rook. Not Sandra. <laughs> Not Sandra. That's well, the first one you could head. throw that in, right. too, Miss I Congeniality. Yeah. Yeah. I, charming lady. I had never considered that. <laughs> that motorcycle and, gruff and that, guy. That bus movie she was in that was Speed. really hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. He was uh, He was played by Timothy Oliphant in, in Deadwood. Right. Uh, Seth Bullock was. Who Eleanor was? Oliphant is completely fine. That's on the Garage Logic uh, book page. That's the book you just read. Mm-hmm. Author's Corner. Author's Corner. Tim Conway, the comedian who was a core member of the Carol Burnett Show troupe and starred in a string of Disney film comedies in the 1970s, died Tuesday morning Really, in oh, Los no. Angeles. He was 85. A rep for Conway told Variety magazine he died from water on the brain. Mm. He had been having uh, some uh, brain issues the last few years. How uh, do you get water on your brain? Yeah, what's that? I, I don't know. Uh, none of us do. You go swimming after eating? No, no. Oh. <laughs> Later years. <laughs> Conway had success with his Dorf series, comic how-to videos, in which he played a bumbling, diminutive Scandinavian character by standing on his knees. Was he uh, Mrs. Wiggins? Yeah. That's him. I mean, he was Mr. Tudball, technically. Tudball. But you want to, hey, could you come in here, Mrs. Wiggins, right now? I need to take it some paper and I need to sharpen it. <laughs> she could never figure out how to you know, hit the button back to him. 
He also led Who was to, Mrs. Wiggins, Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett, yeah. She was the, the buxom. And, Mrs. Uh, Wiggins. Yeah. He lent his versatile voice to a slew of animated productions, ranging from SpongeBob SquarePants to Scooby-Doo to the Christian video series Hermie and Friends. Uh, he was nominated for 13 Emmys and won six over his career. For The Carol Burnett Show, he was nominated six times as a supporting performer, winning in 73, 77, and 78. On The Carol Burnett Show, Conway was so splied, uh, side-splittingly hilarious. $25 a week, <laughs> so I think if that's agreeable with you, I think you have the, the uh, you got the, <clears throat> you ain't the god. <clears throat> well, um, I'm afraid that you'd have to take more than 150 words a minute there on the shorthand, because I talk so rapidly, that's why you'd have to do that. I'm, <clears throat> I'm sorry. This, this just this gorgeous job applicant. Boy, am I sorry. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> you see something like that, and it makes you wonder if Father Duffy isn't... Carol, no, what, what was this? What was this? Outtakes. outtakes. Oh, right there. That's why. Oh, it's an outtakes. outtakes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do an edit. Uh, oh, you can let that no, go. No, just let it go. No, We're all adults I'm here. I'm not doing that. Uh, oh, <laughs> She would understand. That, that oh actually God, is, is that funny. That's yeah. actually good because the next line of this story talks about how he and Harvey Corman would ad lib and make each other crack oh, up. Oh, they yeah. would kill uh, each doing other. Doing stuff yeah. like that, yeah. uh, basically. <laughs> Most famous characters, the old man, of course, that's the little guy who walked uh-huh. very slowly. And Mr. <laughs> Pudball. He threw us all for a loop there. He really did. Everybody that was went, awesome. Huh? Oh, my right. God. Uh, okay, just one, well, one more. Is it an outtake? No. It's, it's an outtake. It's an outtake. Oh, it is? Yes. Yeah. Damn it. Well, Reavers can bleep it. Oh, if God. it's bad, he will. If it's not. This used to put a little ballerina skirt on that elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I go around the circuit and go, like that. <laughs> I thought it was so laughable at the time. <laughs> There's a rumor going around the circus that that dwarf and the elephant were lovers. (laughs) Carol Burnett's cracking up. (laughs) Look at that. How does he keep a straight face? <laughs> oh, look at they're all they're crushed. All, they're all crushed. <laughs> None of them can keep it together oh, except Tim. Well, Corman. It's Harvey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, they had to shoot the elephant. (laughs) I don't know whether it's because of rumor or not, but they're buried together. Oh, Oh, God. Tim Conway was 85. We certainly lived in simpler times, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. So what was the bit? The bit was she always hit the intercom at the wrong time? Mrs. Wiggins? Yeah, and and he would be talking... 
Could you come in here one more time? I want to talk to you about uh, writing a letter. No, Mrs. O- Mr. Tudball. And you t- please stop pressing the button when I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> God, it was just perfect. Switzerland's first new concept VIP bedroom cinema has opened in Cinepa- uh, Cinema Path in Spreitenbach. But operators say they're not concerned that any inappropriate activity will sure. take place during film screenings. It opened last week. The VIP bedroom area of the cinema complex looks almost like an ordinary bedroom, except it's filled with 11 freshly made double beds. Joe, what movie do you want to go see there? Suchi, are you down with this? I'm going to handle it for the second show. It's a really good bridge-building movie. Designed to entice consumers away from Netflix and back to the movie theater, the new concept offers a cozy, home-like movie experience. And to ensure that customers don't fall asleep, the cinema beds are equipped with electronically adjustable headrests, so you can put them up. Uh, customers, I'd like to bed in the back, please. Uh, to answer, to answer, Such, are you going to show up in your jammies? No. <laughs> to answer your question, Joe, uh, about the second show, yeah. uh, customers, according to uh, the company, can be assured the beds are freshly made after every film screening with new bedding. This is the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and you watch. There will be a line down the block. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. Venanzio Di Bacco said the hygiene aspect is very important to us. He also rejected the idea that the hall would be used for, uh, you know, uh, other kinds right. of yeah, Do they have uh, rubber sheets? He said besides oh. <laughs> It's like those uh, churches in the medieval Europe where the floors <laughs> catered to yeah. the middle. You, you just hose that, everything you know out. Oh, you bring your yeah. cow to work yeah. or church. Can't yeah. you buy that one yet? No. You know, no. uh, John, you reminded me of something. Did you, you guys know what I saw? On, I think it was Facebook or Twitter the other I day. I want to end this show. It's nice out. You can, <laughs> you can buy on Amazon. I think it's around seven grand. You can buy a kit to build a separate tiny house off this off your own house. It's yep. so like it's your own bedroom. Oh, like tiny Come on, I want to go watch Garage Logic. They're playing Diversityville today. At home. Oh, yeah. That's it's a, a mother-in-law really house. In Louis yes, Cardinal that's Stadium. exactly yes. what it is. Yeah. A mother-in-law house. Yeah. They're not really paying any attention to you, Joe, are they? Fighting Stogies. Or, I'm sorry. The, <laughs> yeah, the Fighting Stogies are playing uh, the Diversityville Wounds today. Ooh. Who we got on the mound? They're going to keep uh, score. They're Taylor Rogers. Score. Okay. Taylor Rogers. What'd you think of him? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, GarageLogic.com. That's our home for all of your podcast needs. You want to see what's on Joe's bookshelf, Author's Corner? Hit the Features button in the drop-down and you'll find it. Also, Greg Holcomb's latest creative creations. They're fantastic. And you can listen to all the podcasts of old. Check them all out online, GarageLogic.com. And again, we love sponsors to this broadcast and we appreciate all of these sponsors on the podcast. But if you want to be the next one, get in touch with us. Let's talk. Garage Logic Podcast Version. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all in one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. 
Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.